Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 44, the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, and MBG. We've got week four of the college football season in the books. Your co-hosts here hung on by the skin of their teeth to win one game among our four schools. We went one and three with LSU winning by three over Arkansas, I believe. Uh, so we didn't go 0-4 like we did in week one. So that that's a, a step in the right direction, I guess. But we thought we'd kick things off today by talking about our biggest surprises or disappointments from week four. So, Casey, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I think MBG said it last week about how good the Pac-2, Pac-12, whatever they're called, has been. And I think my biggest surprise is actually the fact that I've stayed up late enough to watch a Pac-12 game. And other than that, Washington State, who's 4-0, and when I looked at who they play, they, they've beaten Colorado State. They beat Wisconsin, who was ranked 19th. They beat Northern Colorado, and they beat Oregon State this past weekend by three. And they're the number; they were number 14 at the time. But I think the most surprising is their quarterback, Cameron Ward. He's a transfer from Incarnate Word. He's thrown 75% passing, nearly 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and he's only had one interception so far through four games. And their schedule doesn't look terrible. They, they're they at UCLA and then versus Arizona, which I think those are very winnable games. And then they travel to Oregon, which is probably going to be another really good test. And, hey, heck, they may have college game day there. you got Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, Washington to end the season. I mean, this is a good surprise team. I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoff, but they're a lot of fun to watch. Ward is is dynamic and should be on every Heisman list. And if you if you have the East Coast bias like I do, try to stay up one weekend late to watch Washington State. They're fun. All right, Joy, who do you have? All right, Casey, I'm gonna apologize in advance. I'm ready. Okay, I think my biggest surprise is Clemson. I really thought the Garrett Riley hire was gonna be the thing that they needed to kind of get them over this little bit of a dump that it feels like they've been in, and. I know that Dabo's very anti the transfer portal and it felt like in the off season that he was maybe trying to figure some of those things out. And then he brought in Garrett Riley and, you know, I thought Cade Klubnik was really going to step up. And so far we just haven't seen it. I kind of thought I was like, if they can beat Florida state this past weekend, then, you know, I think that there's some hope and then they just blew it. Obviously I don't trust anyone less in the world than I trust college football kickers. And unfortunately that's the same old story that Clemson had this weekend, but I'm just really disappointed. I kind of thought they were going to get back on track this season and unfortunately they just haven't. So I think that's what I'm a little bit surprised about. I really thought that they would show up and be better this year and they're just not. Dabo's quote about the kicker turned, <laughs> turned out to be pretty prescient, right? Where he said, cause it's when he brought in the guy who was, was he the backup before and it stopped playing, but it was still, taking classes and called him and said, Hey, do you want to come back and play? And I think he said something like, it's either going to be a great story or it's going to be terrible. And it ended up being the latter with the missed field goal. So not piling on Casey, but that quote, I, even before the game, I was thinking, Ooh, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure to put on that kid. 
here's defensive Clemson fan here. It's the best offense Clemson's had in probably eight years, statistically. They just don't have a Frisbee catching dog. So, I mean, the, t- the offense is there. There's that great equalizer called turnovers, and that's been the problem. But as far as play calling and offense and numbers, this is as good an offense as Clemson's had in some time. But I know what you're saying, Joy. They have definitely disappointed one play here and there, and they're four. Yeah, I feel like they just don't. I I I feel like I'm used to in previous Clemson seasons. Like there's been one or two like dogs wide receivers. Yeah, they don't have them. Plays happen, or even like you used to have some defensive players that I really enjoyed watching, and they're just not there. And that's it's okay. It's I I understand that like that's hard to just produce year after year after year after year. But I'm just I really expected a lot from them this season. I had them in the playoff. (laughs) <laughs> over and over. So you guys better pick it up, Casey. <laughs> All right, MVG, who are you going with? Well, in terms of biggest disappointment, I would probably say Texas Tech. Uh, they talked such a big game at the beginning of the season, and I think the Big 12 would kind of hope that they were the team that were going to keep either Oklahoma or Texas out of the championship game, and they've been a disaster. They lost to West Virginia. They went on the road and lost to Wyoming, and they just haven't been very good. And I think their quarterback is now out for the season, so they're in trouble. So that's my big disappointment. My surprises in terms of pleasant surprises quickly were West Virginia, who's 3-1. and one. I think Neil Brown is on the hot seat, and they're 3-1. and one. And the other is Missouri. I mean, they haven't played a tough schedule, but Missouri's 4-0. and oh which that doesn't happen often. They beat Kansas State, which was a good win. They haven't uh, really played anybody yet, but they've looked pretty good. So I would say those are two pleasant surprises are West Virginia and Missouri so far. Yeah, Missouri fans are hot about that. the game this weekend, getting the 11 a.m. slot. <laughs> well, you're still Missouri. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going with the chalk pick and going with Colorado. I so obviously I'm, I'm ignoring for this comment, the Georgia TCU game in the playoff last year, but I don't remember the last time a top 20 team got dominated like Colorado did in the first half against Oregon. I thought Oregon, Oregon would win. I thought it was possible that Colorado would keep it within. I think the spread was like 20 and a half or 21. I mean, I, I saw at one point, I think at halftime, Colorado was averaging negative four and a half yards, <laughs> rush, which I know sacks are factored in there, but still, that's just a ridiculous stat. I mean, it was, and frankly, I thought at halftime, Lanning could name however many points he wanted to put up, he would put up. I thought I thought it was going to get much worse than it did, and I didn't watch the second half, so I don't know if Colorado played better or if Oregon took their foot off the gas. I didn't expect them to be dominated quite that badly. It was a rough weekend of football for the state of Colorado in general between oh, geez. <laughs> that game Don't even. the Miami Broncos game. So I saw a meme that said, man, they haven't had a loss this bad in Colorado since 24 hours ago. Yeah, 24 hours. Yeah, that was rough, man. <laughs> my, my thing about the Oregon-Colorado game is how much heat Dan Lanning took for his comments. If Dion would have said the same thing that Lanning said, People would be thinking that was the greatest, the greatest thing anybody's ever said. They would have loved it, but because Lanning said it for whatever reason, they're all upset. And none I of it was bad. Was... Like even what Dion was great after the game when they interviewed him. I thought, you know, he's he's yeah. been he's hit all the right notes, win or lose. Like yeah. 
you can like him or not like him, but I thought he was perfect after the game, and Lanning didn't do anything wrong. I mean, <laughs> no. Lanning, I mean, Lanny Trump, isn't he from the Kirby Smart coaching tree? I mean, it's Kirby's the halftime speeches and speeches, you know, pregame speeches are fiery as hell. And I don't know why people would expect anything different from, you know, than what Lanning's been giving them. So he's, he's got that dog in him. He does have that dog. <laughs> I sense some foreshadowing too from stupid things coaches are saying. <laughs> All right. So that brings us up to our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us. We have another one from one of my idiot college friends. This one is from my buddy, Dr. DJN, who asks, if you could go back and change one play from your favorite team's history, what would it be? And he specifically came up with this question because he knew what my answer would be, but he was interested to hear what all of yours are. So, Casey, what would you come up with? I got two, as always. 2016 National Championship game, 1034 left in the fourth quarter. The game's tied at 24. Bama just drove it 65 yards in eight plays to tie it at 24, but it really felt like that game was just one of those stereotypical who has the ball last is going to win. Neither team could really stop the other. Bama goes for this pooch onside kick, gets it, goes on to score, and now Clemson was left chasing and actually ran out of time and lost by three or four or something like that, 45-41, something to that effect. And then my second one is in 2007, it was the first opportunity Clemson had to go to the ACC championship. They welcomed BC's Matt Ryan and the Eagles into Death Valley. They were down 20 to 17 late. Cullen Harper threw a beautiful pass to the sure-handed, the surest-handed Aaron Kelly at the two-yard line, and he dropped it. Clemson ended up losing. BC went to the ACC championship, and we had to wait another couple years before Clemson could get to their first in a long time. You guys made up for it after that. I think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joy, any LSU heartbreak that you can remember? There's one game in particular that really sticks out to me, and it's the 2018 LSU versus Texas A&M game. There's actually nothing about this game I would change other than the fact that the referees were morons because at the last play of regulation, that game should have never gone into overtime. If you all know the story, it went into seven overtimes, and we ended up losing 72 to 74, and A&M's hung their hat on it ever since. So that is just... That's the one game I would, I mean, maybe our, our, like, I wish that our guy would have like done a harder tackle or something. And so it would have been more obvious that we shouldn't go into overtime, but regardless that game will forever haunt me in my nightmares. And it's just, it's genuinely the worst game I can think of that I've ever watched as an LSU fan. So same thing. You guys bounce back pretty well the next year. So you and and Casey got, see, that's the thing I've held on to my heartbreak. You guys have gotten over you. Mine, mine is still still there. All right, MBG. Mine was 2012 Utah State at Wisconsin. Utah State had pretty much dominated the whole game against Wisconsin. They were down. They fell behind 16 to 14 on the final drive. Utah State moved it all the way down the field. Gary Anderson just set it up for a chip shot field goal to win it with no time left on the clock. A 37-yard field goal, and the kicker shanked it to the to the right. Utah State finished the season 11-2. and Had they won the game, they would have gone to uh, one of the New Year's uh, Six Bowls. Would have changed the trajectory of Utah State football for the the future. (laughs) 
And as of note, after that game, Barry Alvarez was so impressed with Gary Anderson that Brett Bielema left Wisconsin at the end of that season and then hired Gary Anderson and his staff, Dave Aranda, et al. And Utah State recovered okay, but uh, that certainly would have changed things for Utah State football had they won that game. This is why MBG and I get along. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. You don't get that many. If you're Utah State, you don't get that many chances at yep. a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, that's probably it. I mean, it's, it's probably never going to happen again, and they were that close. The shank, 37-yard field goal. It's tough. So I've, I've talked about this game before, but I'm going to torture you guys with it again anyway because there's a couple details that I don't think I've ever talked about. So I'll take you back to a simpler time, November 3rd, 1990. Well, before joy was even a thought, the boy who's <laughs> was a fourth year in college attending what would be my second to last home game as a student. UVA was seven and zero, ranked number one in the country, hosting number 16, Georgia Tech, nationally televised game. Fast forward to two and a half minutes left. Uh, we have the ball on the one yard line. We're down 38, 35. We throw a touchdown pass to our backup tight end, Aaron Mundy, to go up 41, 38 with the extra point pending. My buddies and I are just going absolutely crazy and i just remember vividly in the midst of celebrating like a lunatic i hear one of my buddies just go oh at the top of his lungs there's a flag on the field we got i think it was like an illegal formation penalty we were in a two tight end set our second tight end never checked into the game so he wasn't on line of scrimmage we had so we scored with 10 guys on the field but we didn't have six guys on the line so we get a five-yard penalty back to the six-yard line we don't score, kick a field goal to tie the game. Georgia Tech marches down, kicks a field goal to win 41 to 38, and then they go on to win a share of the national championship, I think, with Colorado that year. Very long story that all of my friends and I talk about probably at least once a year, I would say, because things have not been the same since. So that was our, I'm like MBG, that was our one shot, and we, we have not gotten back to that place again. All right. Brings us up to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference. Someone who did something particularly dumb last week, we'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, uh, my nominee, Danny Cannell, got 40% of the vote. Joy's nominee, Alabama fans, came in second with 28%, followed by Casey's nominee, Notre Dame fans, and MBG's nominee, North American University, with 16% each. You know, I've got 13 wins. That's that's a big number, MBG. 16%. I know. I was You're close. in the right direction, man. I know. <laughs> All right. So uh, I've got 13 wins. Joy has nine. Casey has six. MBG still sitting on zero. MBG, you're now 0-28. I've got a good reference for you this week. I did, I did some digging on this one. So you've now matched the Swarthmore Garnet Tide football team. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who lost 28 straight games in the late 90s. Swarthmore and Oberlin, who was, they were also on a massive losing streak, they scheduled a game in September of 1999, which was dubbed the game somebody has to win. So they literally <laughs> scheduled a game so one of them would break their losing streak. Swarthmore finally snapped their losing streak. Oberlin went on to lose 40 straight games. So you've, uh, you've now matched Swarthmore, MBG. That's some sickos committee stuff. Right there. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when I was looking through it. 
All right, so Casey, who are you going with this week? This week, my genius of the week is Ryan Day, but it's actually larger than that. Ryan Day, after a very thrilling victory against Notre Dame, went immediately to the post-game comments and ripped into Lou Holtz. Yeah, he ripped into Lou Holtz. (laughs) Lou basically was saying that he didn't think Ohio State was a tough enough team, and but but even larger than this, Jordan Travis went in went in on Clemson being disrespectful to them for playing man-to-man, one-on-one. I don't know how that's disrespectful. Uh, wait till you get to the NFL guy, although you're going to be 30 next year. And Washington State coach Jake Dickert, I gave him love before, but he went in on Lee Corso for saying that it was the Who Cares Bowl. I, I just think I'm, I'm, Ryan Day is my genius of the week for what he was going off on. But, like, all these people, where does all this disrespect come? Like, these guys, it's like a TV show. It literally is because it's it's turning into, like, we, they just make it up for it to – to get their team to play harder or something, but like they're, they're great salesmen as a guy in sales. They're great salesmen to get these kids to actually believe it. I I just don't understand it. So for that, Ryan day at all are my genius of the week. Ryan day is justified. He takes so much crap. Unjustified stuff. That's what it felt like. It felt like he was getting a whole bunch of off his shoulders. Finally just had, he might not be able to do it after the Michigan game. So he's got to take his chance right now. But it's just fine, man. He takes so much for a guy who never loses. <laughs> he but takes you know what, so much. You know what part of it is? Is there a more punchable face among college <laughs> no. coaches than Ryan? Wimbo <laughs> Fisher. I can yeah, think okay. of some. He's top three, at least. I, I put Day in the top three. All right, all right, Joy. Who do you have? My genius of the week is the university of Notre Dame. The same game that Casey's referring to, they came out of a timeout and fielded 10 players. And then in the very next play, which happened to be the play in which they lost the game, also only fielded 10 players. In the last two final plays of arguably the most important game of the season, they fielded 10 players. And... I just think it's rich. I mean, for a school that prides itself on its academia and how smart they all are, and that's why recruiting is difficult because their players have to have certain GPAs and IQs. They couldn't even field the correct number of players on the field. And I just think that's rich coming from them. Marcus Freeman will always be nice to look at, but I wish I had a love <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame is my genius of the week. All right, MBG, is this the week? I would think so. I mean, <laughs> that sounds less confident than normal. Well, those two are terrible choices by Jordan <laughs> Casey. <laughs> I, but I seems like I've tried everything, um, so I'm trying something different. I'm going to go to a totally different continent today than anywhere we've been before. Yes, <laughs> we're going to go to Asia. Have you guys ever been to China? Any of you guys ever been to China? I have Joy? not. Joy? Nope. Oh, man. I was wondering if you guys knew these two guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've always wanted to see the Great Wall of China. One of the wonders of the world. Been around for thousands of years. I think it's only been pierced twice that, that I know of. I think Genghis Khan pierced it. And then maybe the Manchus back in like the 1600s, right? But... There were two other China Chinese folk who finally did it. 
Maybe you guys know them, Wang and Zhang. You guys know Wang and Zhang? I've heard of them. Well, Wang and Zhang were doing some construction and apparently got sick of having to go around the wall, so they just went through it. So they tore down a little piece of the Great Wall of China to make a shortcut from one side to the other. Brilliant. That seems mm-hmm. efficient. Well, you would think so, Joy, but that's a protected <laughs> landmark, um, and you can't do that. So for that reason, Zhang and Wang are my geniuses of the week. <laughs> that might be your best one yet. I think so. I, I feel like I shouldn't even go now. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no beating that. Hoops. They're chilling, not. Joy mentioned schools that are known for their academia and kind of use that sometimes as a reason why it's tough to recruit. And then there maybe something dumb happens on the field. I'd, Kind of, I have to go with my own guys with UVA football for my genius of the week. I will try and keep this short because this has already been far too UVA heavy. But I'm not sure if any of you watched the game on Friday, but we scored a touchdown with less than a minute left playing NC State, cut the lead to two. Super exciting. We haven't been playing well. We've got this young quarterback who's slinging it around and fun to watch. We have this new, these new LED lights. There's a big light show, you know, after we score the touchdown. And one of our offensive linemen used that opportunity to just headbutt the <laughs> of an NC State guy. Uh, <laughs> same guy, by the way, got away with a three stooges like eye poke on an <laughs> NC State player earlier in the game. So, but headbutts the guy. So then 15 yard penalty, the ball gets moved back to the 17 for the two point conversion miraculously our quarterback makes a great play. We convert it to tie it up. His helmet is kind of coming off on the tackle, but then he pulls his helmet off and just flexes towards the sideline. <laughs> of course, I love it. Like I'm going nuts. Another flag. <laughs> so 15 yards on the kickoff. So they move the kickoff from the 35 back to the 20. Our 34 year old kicker can only <laughs> get it down to the other 20 yard line. They get a big run back. They quickly move down a field goal range. It's like a 48-yard field goal. They line up, and one of our linebackers, I've never seen it this egregious before, but basically used one of our defensive tackles like a pommel horse and like leapt off of him to try and block the field goal. So the guy, he missed the field goal. I don't know if it got blocked or what, but missed the field goal badly. We get another 15-yard penalty, third one in a minute. Move it up to the 33, uh, 33-yard field goal. He makes it. We lose. We're 0-4 been a UVA fan pretty much my whole life. We have found a lot of creative ways to lose games over the years, but that one was impressive even by our standards. So I'm going with my guys for my genius of the week. That's tough, man. Good pick. pick. (laughs) I got so many texts from friends on Twitter and DMs from friends on Twitter. Joy said something. I know you were rooting for us and watching the game. It was, uh, yeah, it sucked, man, but it's over. On to the next. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout-out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross-promotions with other podcasts this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week four preview dropped last week with an episode titled, Cows Are Watching Iowa Penn State on a Waterbed. <laughs> We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. On their most recent show, they cover topics such as Iowa State slander, Colorado versus Colorado State, Florida, Tennessee, and much more. We love both those shows, so check them out. Hey, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. 
This week's guest is the co-host of the wildly popular Crane & Company podcast, which recently hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's also a great follow on Twitter, where you can find him at JakeCrane underscore. Jake, welcome to the show, man. Man, excited to be here. Love you guys' work, and man, it's I've followed you guys on social too, and uh, really, uh, really enjoy what y'all do. So it's a pleasure to join y'all. That's great. So, like I said, mentioned to you earlier today, we're just gonna go around the horn here, fire off some questions for you, and then we'll dive into the message board posts. Oh, let's do it, man. Let's dance. All right, Casey, you want to kick it off? Yeah, see, Jake, they give me the first question because I tend to be the largest goof on this, both physically and mentally. So. <laughs> Look, uh, somebody's got to step up the plate and see what the fastball looks like, Casey. I'm down. That's Casey right. at the bat, man, it just makes so much sense. I'm on fire already. There you go. <laughs> Let him cook. Isn't that what Who's always says? Yeah, right. somebody right. cooked here. Hint, it was me. <laughs> All right. First time, long time, was a huge fan of the J-Boy show and have admired your drive and now the Crane & Company show and your path. Congrats on that. Thanks, uh, I'm man. known around this, part, this show for being soft with my predictions, so – I started the year off saying that Florida State would go two and two after four weeks, and then literally the following week said that they'd be in the playoff. So more or less, uh, I say some stuff without really thinking it through or thinking about repercussions. With that being said, have you ever said something so dumb with a prediction that you wish you could take it back? And what was it? Oh man. Yeah. If it, if it, like it's as far as being dumb is like it, it being unbelievably wrong, you know, whenever you project your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you project so many teams, you're going to get some wrong, but man, I was, um, <laughs> I was very, very high on uh, Clemson this year. Go, I had them going undefeated in the regular season, but losing the Florida state <laughs> in the ACC championship game. And after about the second red zone possession, uh, against Duke, I realized <laughs> I realized I had made a horrible mistake because because I, I thought I was like, listen, Clemson, yeah, you know they they don't have the T Higginses anymore, they don't have the Nuke Hopkins or the Sammy Watkins or the Justin Ross, Travis Etienne Juniors. Even though I do like Shipley, I was like, man, Garrett Riley's got enough witch in him, and I think Klubnik has developed enough to where you know they can put it together against that schedule. You get Florida State at home. You know, you're not and, and I got a lot of respect for Duke and Riley Leonard. He's he, you know, from Fairhope and, and I coached down in Mobile for a long time, so I know that area. But after I realized Garrett Riley didn't check out of the play where they lined up in doubles out of ten personnel and Duke just brought the house and you didn't have enough to block and it blew up the mesh point. After the second time that happened, I realized I'd made a horrible mistake. So <laughs> that one, that one, yeah, and then probably saying that I thought there was a chance that that Brian Harson could could be the guy. Because I thought he'd be, because I thought he'd be really hungry, right? You know, you're a guy coming from Boise State. Everybody's doubting you. I was like, man, this guy's gonna put in the work. You know, he doesn't have a ton of recruiting ties down in the South, but he's he's put a lot of guys on his staff that did. But turns out he was a house cat. Like he wanted his milk brought to him. Like, dude, this is the jungle, man. You got to go out and kill dinner. Like Kirby's out here grinding and recruiting. Nick Save is out here grinding and recruiting. Brian Harsh is just sitting back talking about lifting weights and accountability and not having a junior day. So those those are a couple. <laughs> but did he steal that car from Auburn? Did uh, you talking talking about Harson? Yeah. Yeah. Did he steal the car? Yeah. <laughs> he stole a lot he... more than a car. Do you see what the buyout was? <laughs> 
Boston. You see what the buy? Like, listen, I, it's like Ed O said, man. I wish somebody would fire me for seventeen million dollars. <laughs> like, I would love that. That'd be the great. That's not even a firing to me. That's a that's a reprieve. That's an early <laughs> retirement. Like, please fire me for seventeen million dollars. Like, I'll go fight Russia by myself for seventeen million dollars. Let alone fire. I won't coach another down. Like, I won't. I'll laugh. I'll laugh at the haters. Right, Arsenal probably laughs at me when I talk bad about him. He's like, hold on, let me check my fidelity account. Oh yeah, wait, now I remember. It is always funny that these guys never really complain after they get fired, right? You don't really no. hear like, oh, I was wrongly terminated when, yeah. when the buyout is. Yeah, unless you years. don't get your buyout like Mel Tucker Mel or something Tucker. like that. Like yeah. then, then there's a lot of complaining going on. But yeah, Brian Harson didn't really come out in the media and say like, yeah, Auburn, you know, Auburn screwed me out of this, out of that. 17 million, I'll sign the NDA. Y'all never won't. see yeah. me again. <laughs> Didn't Edo just say, just show me which door to leave in? Yeah, Edo was literally like, can I leave right now? <laughs> they were like, hey, listen, coach, we're going to fire you and pay your whole buyout. He's like, oh, so I can yeah. just so I can just go now. I can just go. He had his shirt off and out the door already. Yeah, dude, I got the funniest Edo story. So I coached with a guy, I'm not going to say his name on here, who played with Edo at Nichols, Nichols State, and was <laughs> – coaching with him when he got the old Miss job when they were recruiting together in the car Edo's in the passenger seat my buddy's driving he said Orgeron gets a call he looks at it and he's like hey man watch this <laughs> so he like he answers the phone and he's like yep of course when do I need to be down there alright bye they're on some back roads Edo is like roll out the window I just got the Ole Miss head coaching job and literally takes his shirt off, leans out the window and screams, I did it, MFers. I actually MFing did it. So you can just imagine if you're an animal in the woods at some point in, in somewhere in Louisiana, you probably got scared to death by Ed Orgeron screaming his head off. He's got the Ole Miss job. Just craziness. It's brilliant. Oh, that's great. All right, Joy. That's a good lead into your question. Oh, Lord. I'm still recovering <laughs> from the NO days. I'll probably never get over it. Jake, last year after Brian Kelly was hired, you made a video basically saying that he was the stepfather, that you didn't want your mom to marry, but then you thank him later when yeah. you're like graduating from an Ivy League. Yeah. My question is, what if you're now the par- the child that's begging the parent to get a divorce? Like... <laughs> Um, well well maybe i should have grounded you for longer i mean the man won the sec west in the first year here's like what i don't understand people are like yeah man he's like brian kelly can't win the big game like i'm thinking the last year i'm like they beat Bama. like they beat like I'm, I'm, it just and i get it right i i get it you know you want to win every game and but at LSU, you know, I, I always talked about that the thing that they lacked was consistency, right? Like they'd go up and down, it'd be very high, then it would just like sink like the Titanic. Well, Brian Kelly provides you that structure, that that CEO type coach that can keep it all together. And I think, you know, he, he, for example, you look at LSU last year, they lose to Florida State first game in the fashion they did. What do they do? They turn around, they beat Nick Saban in Alabama after Brian Kelly basically said they were going to do it and then won the SEC West in year one. Coming into this year, they lose against the Florida State team who you know, physically dominated the second half. They made the adjustments that LSU didn't, 
But now LSU, I know the Arkansas game wasn't pretty. That game typically never is. But if you ask anybody right now, LSU still sits in a pretty good position, even they go to Tuscaloosa to win the SEC West. So it's it's that steadying of the ship. You know, it's not always going to be just smooth sailing all the way through. Uh, but I think Brian Kelly's a guy that can bring in consistency because LSU recruits itself. He doesn't have to go out there and be the bell of the ball in every living room he sits in. But also, you know, you could be looking up here in a while and and be eleven and one playing Georgia, most likely in the SEC championship game with a chance to go to the playoffs. So I think you'll have have a chance for more consistent greatness under Brian Kelly because he is that structural engineer. He is that person that understands, you know, the, the accountability factor we need. We, everything we do every moment of the day needs to be leading to a certain point of us getting better. So, yeah, I mean, if you're that child right now, joy, listen, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to your room. That's what I need you to do. And then I'm taking, then I'm, then I'm taking the door off the room and you're going to sit there and think about how it was when you guys couldn't beat Mississippi state. You know what I'm saying, and and I want you. you to said think I was that. a child. I was no, a- Joy. Listen, I don't know. This sounded like this is your life story, so I'm just talking to you the way you talk to me. So we 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 can beat around the bush, or we can play a game of let's be honest with each other. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Your poor parents. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I love that Joy gets it from pretty much every everybody. I can yeah. It's awesome. I was so excited when he came on here. I was like, man, I was big on Clemson. Like, I was like, wow, we're gonna agree on something. I just said yeah, that. no. Look, we can <laughs> we can agree to agree. We can agree to disagree. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's that's what makes it fun. <laughs> that's parenting. That's that right. is. That's right. That is. It's like my dad used to say, I, I had you to change the channel on the remote <laughs> <laughs> and go get me beer <laughs> and you'll be better for it. That's right. All right, Jake, so you, you've kind of answered my question a little bit just a moment ago, but I saw the clip today where you did your impression of Lou Holtz responding uh-huh. to Ryan Day, which, <laughs> which I'm assuming uh, blew up. My question was, yeah. When did you realize you could channel Lou Holtz and whether you did any other impressions, but you just gave us your Ed O. So the answer to that one is obviously yes. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably not my best one. I mean, I've been doing Lou Holtz impressions since even before I got into sports media, like uh, that, that even back coaching, I used to, you know, have the other coaches just dying. It was really good. on these rants (laughs) as Lou Holtz. And it was, it's, you know, I don't want to brag on myself. But I feel like it's pretty spot on. It is good. Um, it's, really good. it's like the, the speeding up and the slowing down of the Lou Holtz. Like, like, that's the thing that just always used to get me. Like, he would start out slow. He'd be like, he, he'd just be like, guys, listen. Okay. Everybody needs to understand. Universe Notre Dame is never going to stop winning. Universe Notre Dame. Jesus is in the, and he would just start going super fast. And he'd be like, but then. But everybody understands. It's Notre Dame. Like it just, but I would say probably, probably my, probably my best impression is probably the one that everybody's best impression is like Christopher Walken. Like I can do, I can do a pretty, pretty good, pretty good Christopher Walken. I used to have my guys used to laugh pretty hard. He'd be like, <laughs> I haven't done it so long. But like, it's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> These guys, they're playing football. Just, it's just, I don't know. We have fun with it. So. I don't consider myself. I'm not Joey Molinaro. We had Frank Caliendo on the show one time. That was a ton of fun. His John Gruden just kills me, man. Yeah, that was just, awesome too. Yeah. Tell you what, man. I tell you what. <laughs> but the faces he makes too are. Just oh great. god. Oh man. Oh, just have, he's he's incredible. 
Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm going to go off script um, because earlier you are talking about your worst predictions, and mm. I'm going to run my hot take for the season by you, and you tell me if it was genius or stupid. So I said at the beginning of the season that Quinn Ewers would win the Heisman and Texas would make the playoffs. Stupid or genius? Well, MBG, I said the exact same thing. So it is an oh, unbelievable geez. stroke of genius. I didn't copy oh. you. I promise. No, no, no. Listen, listen. You're not just a genius on the message boards and finding that stuff. <laughs> that I had Quinn Ewers winning the Heisman. I had him beating Alabama. I caught, I probably caught the most hell for picking Texas to go through the regular season undefeated, win the Big 12, Quinn Ewers win the Heisman, losing the playoff. That and probably picking Pitt to go three and nine, which oh, looks, that's looking real good. I mean, who's the, what did Major Payne say? Who's the dummy now? Yeah. yeah, don't don't lose the don't lose the Virginia Tech this week, bud. Don't lose that one. Or it's 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 all downhill from here. Like that one song, can't remember who sings it, but I didn't have a Major Payne reference on the bingo card today. That was no, dude, you, was you get the whole gamut. You get the whole gamut with me, bud. Well, just so you know, Joy called me a dummy for those picks, so she thinks you're a dummy too. Um, well, listen, Joy. I mean, we both no. believe in Clemson together, so I mean, that's not what I said. I said you signed an NIL deal with the entire state because you, as far up Texas's behind you are, you're also that far up A and M's. So I just said you Let's signed turn. an NIL deal. I didn't. Putting the money, up. smart man. <laughs> smart exactly. Man. Turning into a bidding war. <laughs> exactly. So. Since you're on our podcast and we deal with message boards a bit, do you tell me, do you post on message boards? Do you follow message? I know you're an Auburn fan, so are you Man, on the Auburn boards? Well, you know, I, I used to a lot. I mean, even going all the way back to high school. But now, you know, when, when I was in coaching, I would check them every now and then, mainly the Auburn stuff. But now, dude, I mean, it, it just I, – I really, I really don't find myself um, – Checking them as much. And I think when you got to keep up with as many teams as what we do, like it just kind of spreads you so thin and doing the NFL and Major League Baseball. Like I enjoy I enjoy it. And now with Twitter, you know, I kind of get that that same juice, I guess, is the way to put it from from some of the Twitter stuff. Cause but uh man, I do miss the the crazy message boards. Like um it's it's wild because when I started this out, it was all by accident. It was during the pandemic and you know, I had had my subscription to Auburn's message boards and stuff like that, but I wouldn't check them that much because, you know, I knew the coaches. If I wanted information, I'd just reach out to the coaches and they would tell me because I know I wouldn't screw them over. But I, I had a way where I could, you know, tell the information in a way that that wouldn't get anybody in trouble or you couldn't really trace it back to who came from there. And then, uh, man, I tell you, like when I first started out and it started blowing up, I had a bunch of Auburn people like writers and stuff get mad at me. Because I, I would get accused, like, here's how crazy it would be. I would post some information like, hey, this kid is going to commit to Auburn at this time before anybody put it out anywhere because I would, I would know from the coaches firsthand. Then on the message boards, it would get posted like two hours after I said it. Like, it's out in the Twitter sphere, X sphere, right. whatever it is this week. And they'd be like, oh, you're, you're stealing information from the message boards. I was like, guys, listen. Like people do that. I I know that people do that. I don't know how to time travel. And if I did know how to time travel, I would do something way cooler 
then take stuff from a message board and put it out on Twitter. Like, I don't know, like kill Hitler or something. I, I like, I would do something way cooler if I could time travel than get something from a message board. So, I mean, it's, I dealt with that. And, and then, you know, Twitter just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I don't, I haven't checked one in a long time, man, but I know it's probably just, especially this time of year, it's as nuts as ever. I would assume. Oh yeah. It's wild. It's wild. So some of my favorite things to do that we'll kind of go through is, and we do this every week, is go through some of the best meltdowns of the week because the oh, sports man. are kind of the best place for the meltdown. So For sure. And the funny thing about it is it's not always just losing teams, right? People melt down after one series uh, of a game. And admittedly, yeah. the meltdowns aren't as funny the later in the season you go because they start to become a little bit more justified when you're three and five as opposed to – uh, zero and zero or zero and one. Mm-hmm. So uh, the meltdowns that we're going to read today are from your Auburn Tigers, but also oh, from, Oh God, you're going straight to the, you're going straight to the nuclear weapons. <laughs> well, the reason why I picked that game is it's funny because there's meltdowns on both sides that I wanted to go through. Texas yeah, yeah. fans were melting down just as much as, uh, as Auburn fans. So Here's a little taste of our Auburn friends, or your Auburn friends, I should say. Um, mm. So, first guy, and these start early in the game. I think it was three nothing when these started. Um, this guy says Peyton Thorne is a mouth breather. IQ got to be less than fifty-seven. And then we get the why did we bring in you freeze uh, to trot out a worse passing attack than Gus Malzahn? We're a poorly coached football team. Will we ever be good again? If you isn't calling the plays, then why did we hire him? I can't believe I bought it again. When does basketball start? I tried telling everyone not much difference than what we saw from Gus offensively. It's like a rotten apple and spoiled banana. Take your pick, LOL. And then as it gets later in the game, we get the we need to fire Hugh, let Caddy take the reins back. We fired Gus for low rent Gus. And then we get into what every fan base this season has done after they lose a game prime. And then this guy starts sarcastically says, yeah, I wouldn't want media attention, hype, positive attitude from prime. Everyone talking about Auburn recruits crawling over broken glass to play for us, et cetera. Nah, this is much better. And then a guy replies and says, it's completely stupid. We didn't, we didn't hire him. Absolutely agree. So, that kind of runs the gamut for uh, Auburn. That actually, I actually thought it was going to be a little worse, to be honest with you. I, I will say there were, a, there were a couple that I didn't want to read. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's <laughs> some that you probably yeah, couldn't read and, and get this out on Apple and, uh, and Spotify. <laughs> now, <laughs> here's the thing. Fans short for fanatical, right? Every, everybody's going to. Everybody's going to panic when you're at a place like Auburn, right? And the standard's really high and, and, you know, you expect to win quickly and then you see what prime's doing or at least what he's done so far. And everybody's like, Oh, see, told you, you can come in and just win. It's that easy. The first, that's an anomaly. We still got a long way to go. You see what Oregon did to him. Uh, but look, see being an Auburn fan, like it always just blows my mind when Auburn fans get on their message board and do that stuff. Cause like I'm already dead inside. Like as an Auburn fan, like I died inside a long time ago. Like you can't hurt me. Nothing can hurt me, especially since we won it in 2010. Now nothing can hurt me. Like I am absolutely invincible. Our rivals are Alabama and Georgia. Are you kidding me right now? Like it's the, it's the worst, but again, you can't hurt me. 
Like, I could literally be on the front lines of World War III and be the first one to walk out and be like, listen, you guys, I'm an armor fan. Nothing you do or shoot at me can possibly hurt me. <laughs> like, I'm that dead inside. But, like, everybody's like, oh, my God. Like, they're like, they're like comparing Hugh Freeze in, like, game four, year one, to, like, Gus Malzahn in year seven. Like, those things are even closely tangible to compare. And, and look, uh, it's no secret. I wanted Hugh Freeze to get the job. Um, you know, I, I consider him a good friend of mine. And uh, it's it's going to take some time. But they missed on Peyton Thorne in the portal. I mean, you you watch that game. The, the most disappointing part of it was I didn't think Peyton Thorne was going to be the best thrower. I didn't think he was going to be the best runner. But I for sure thought he was going to make good decisions and he wasn't going to be nervous yeah. or, or scared. And that game against Texas A&M, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Mean Green. Has anybody seen that? The soccer movie? Yeah. Like, has, have you guys haven't seen that? Well, the goalie, every time the team comes dribbling the soccer ball up, he sees them as, like, a different, like, terrifying thing. Like, one time they're, like, ninjas with, like, swords doing flips, like, running to the goal, and he gets terrified. Then the next time they're, like, they're, like, just, like, monsters or zombies. That's what it was like every time Peyton Thorne would get the snap. I mean, he was – wouldn't even get into his second read. But Hugh Freeze, I think, is going to get it right. Um you know, that things that fans don't see, and I don't expect them, you know, to to see it, is that you got guys that are open. Like Peyton Thorne just wasn't getting to his second read. He wasn't throwing the check down, but it's going to take time at Auburn. It, it is, especially with what is going on around him. But uh, I firmly believe by the time that Hugh Freeze is in year three that uh, the message boards will still melt down after every bad play, like that Fansville commercial when the guy wants to burn <laughs> all his stuff in the front yard. And they're like, they're like, the season's over. I'm never watching again. They're like, guys, that, it was just the first play. Like, it's just, that. that's how it is. Fans short we love, fanatical. We love those guys. They're the backbone of our show. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those, those are actually really funny. Other than the time they let me down with that monster at the end, Fansville's really delivered. <laughs> the Bryce Young, he's like, his dad's like, yeah, he's he decided to call me dad. Like that. that just, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is is to further prove your point. Texas A&M fans were watching the same game, and at some point they were up like thirteen to three, and there were there were like three different threads on their board wanting to fire DJ Durkin, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, I dude, it's just uh, I couldn't uh, do it. He, like, and like Auburn do, wasn't doing anything on offense. No, no, it's like it's like if I went to to their job, like, hey. <laughs> You know, they just took over a brand new job. They don't know anybody. They had to fire the whole staff that was underneath them, bringing a bunch of new people that got to learn everything. And I go in there after the first, like, tough thing and just degrade them. I think that'd be great for everybody. I feel like there should be a message board for all that, for, like, insurance salesmen, janitors. They'd be like, God, Doug was two hours late cleaning up the puke in the girls' bathroom today. We got to fire him. Like, we got to fire him. Fire everybody. Like, you should have carried the three. You didn't carry the three. Now we got to redo the Excel sheet. Let's get rid of this this clown, idiot, worthless piece of garbage. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's how it all. Let's go to school math on the pod. That would be awesome. Yeah. Just like have a message board for everybody's job. All right, there's one Texas A&M post I got to read before we move on. So after the game when they won, there's still this post It says. Take Jimbo and kick him in the nuts. Then put him on a bus and send his dumb ass far away. What a pathetic effort and such an unprepared group of talent. It's embarrassing as hell, and he should be fired immediately. Let Schlossnagel and Buzz run the show. This team has to be the most underperforming group of talent I've ever seen in college football. Complete embarrassment. After Amen. 
Joy agrees with every word. You just put him on the bus and exile him. Why do you got to kick him in the nuts before? (laughs) That's such such, an evil thing. He deserves it, honestly. How would that work out, though? Would you be like, hey, Jimbo, listen, we're going to have to fire you and put you on the bus. We need you to meet meet us at the bus stop at 3.30. Then he gets on the bus. You're like, Jimbo, wait, come here. There's one more thing. You just kick him right in the nuts (laughs) and then run away. That's exactly what I would do. And not only that, but they want to hire the baseball coach to coach Jim Schlossman. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be that'll great. Work. How about Buzz Williams, who's never yeah. won anything? Like, yeah, he's he like, just sweats through his. Yeah, shirt. he just sweats and complains about being the first team out of the NCAA tournament selection committee <laughs> every year. <laughs> every year, whether he's at Virginia Tech or Texas A&M. Yeah, it just it kills me. I, I, there's, I, I just that it's an insane asylum. It's an Arkham insane asylum. Like that's what it's got to be like. Like that's why the aliens don't talk to us. I really think they read the message boards. They're like, guys, this month we need to go down there, right? The planet's disaster. Like, they got nuclear weapons. Like, the water's drying up or whatever the hell they say is going on. They're like, God, they're like, hey, Glorp, though, man, like, read this. Read the Texas A&M fan. Like, we can't go down there. They're not ready. Are you kidding? Schlossnagel coaching the football team? You want to give these guys the – you want to teach him how to be telepathic? You lost your mind? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know who this message board poster is, but I'd like to be his friend. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it might have been you for a minute, Chewy, but <laughs> we already know your board name. All right, so let's move on. There was another post. We, we touched on Dion just a little bit, uh, but there was a post from a USC board um, that said this about his son Shador. It says, Shador Sanders, you are a USC Trojan next year. Leave Prime, the lackluster offensive line play, and no run game in Boulder. Come win a Heisman and get developed for the next level over here. Imagine how much the CFB world would go crazy. So I first, I first realized that that's crazy, but when you think about it, it wouldn't be a terrible move for Shador Sanders to go over to USC, right? Well, I mean, yeah, what is he, Anakin Skywalker? Like, in, like <laughs> Prime's OB one? Like, no, are you kidding? No chance. No, ch- I mean, it would be it'd be hilarious. I mean, it would be the biggest dramatic move in the transfer portal ever. But I mean, can he can he tackle anybody? Because USC's problem isn't getting quarterbacks. That that you know, that Lincoln Riley's never had a problem with quarterbacks. Never had a problem with offense. Biggest problem with USC is obviously team balance, right? Same question I have with Washington right now. It's a lot of fun, but going to a Globetrotters game is a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, it's it's not real. How many teams that that have have been electric on one side of the ball and bad on the other? And look, USC, we really still don't know, but I've watched them enough where I'm like, man, this just looks like every team that Lincoln Riley's ever had ever. I mean, you're giving up double digits to Arizona State, who I mean, you know... <laughs> For lack of a better term, you know, that offense sucks. It's just it's not good right now. And Ken and Kenny D's gonna get it going, but uh I mean that would be wild. You talk about I, I don't know if Prime would do it, just say, hey, go over there and then come back. Let's just <laughs> let's just transfer over there, transfer back. We'll just we'll play this whole game. Now nah, I just uh man. I thought about a lot of crazy scenarios. I ain't thought about you just steal trying to steal Deion Sanders' son. Like the only person, the only person I've seen get their kids stolen more uh, is Liam Neeson. I mean, and taken. 
<laughs> like, like the real question. And my brother said this, and he's right. Like, at what point are you just a bad parent? Like, <laughs> like one time, like, oh my god, it's awful. Obviously, you go over to Hungary or whatever, kick a couple dudes' ass, get her back like three times. <laughs> That's tight. Like, at some point, now. can we can we move? It's like it just do we just move? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a wild scenario. Give me back my son. That yeah. makes for a good movie. Yeah, though. he just yeah. calls. He's like, I've got a special set of skills <laughs> in the transfer portal. <laughs> that makes for a good movie, though. Dion trying to go back and take Shador away from Lincoln. Yeah, just do it. Just do it like you do Fast and the Furious. Just in Transformers. Just keep making the yeah. same movie over and over again. Over and, and over like, again. Taken five. Oh no, here we go again. Cut the bull- no, no, here it is. Taken five. Cut the bull junk. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's copyrighted by Crane and Company and Associates. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go somewhere we rarely go, and that's to Kentucky. Um, I'm not sure we've ever done a Kentucky board unless they were complaining about John Calipari. Um, so there was a post on the Kentucky board about NIL and some alternative uses for the NIL. Uh, this guy, Kevin B253 says, why not pay players from other teams to fake an injury for a couple of weeks? If the guy is really good, they don't get beat up and make bank that week. Similar to sitting out the bowl game, but just during the season. So this seems genius, right? Instead of wasting money on your own players, just play someone else's players to not play. Yeah. You want to know the quickest way to get somebody beat up? <laughs> like that's, that's you know, it's outside of trying to get their kid to transfer in the transfer portal. That one's up there. Um, you know, <laughs> again, man, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what type of person comes up with this stuff. I, it would be an impossibility, but just the threat of somebody finding out like that you actually did that, like that just, I just, I'm trying to figure out in my mind, like how that would even go down. Like, what do you just like, does, is it just like Harry Potter, like an owl shows up in your window with like a message attached to its foot? Like, I don't, I don't know how you would even have the guts to, to be able to translate that information. So, uh, you know, Leave it to a Kentucky football fan to come up with some stuff like that. How about this? How about you take some of the money that you're paying the coach who does less with more than anybody in the world and give it to the coach who does more with less in Mark Stoops than just about anybody in the world? And why don't you just go buy, get some of those players so they don't have to fake injuries? I think that's a wild one, man. Yeah, I was trying to think of other creative ways that teams could use their NIL money. I really couldn't come up with much other than maybe Iowa take all their money and just put it on the under every game. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, they're already doing that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, their but, players uh, are doing uh, that. It's, it's, I always say, man, you know, <laughs> they got to eat breakfast. Like, if you're, if you're going to spend NIL money on stuff, you know. Why not maybe a little food poisoning? I'm not saying do it. Like. Listen, that's come up on one of the posts we did a while back. Do you remember that? The guy was really? saying they worked at a restaurant, and he's like, yeah, I wonder what would happen if you know, I, they somehow got food poisoning when they ate here or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, you guys you guys don't feel good? Man, I knew that, I knew that steak was, it was a close call. Man, dang, flip a coin. Always, always said, always said during game day. Or, or during, during the season three more you got a great team the three most important people the chef 
the bus driver and the pilot. Those are the three most, most important people. You do your job. We'll do our job. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll finish it off. We'll talk about what I thought was one of the more interesting games of the weekend, the Bama Ole Miss game, mainly because it mm-hmm. seemed like it was maybe going to be Kiffin's last shot at uh, beating Saban and best shot at beating Saban probably. Um, and it didn't happen. Um, and this old Miss fan thinks he might know why it happened. Uh, he can't spell in Kiffin's name right, but <laughs> he, those are the best, though. <laughs> he certainly fan. can diagnose. He can diagnose Lane's issue. He says uh, Kiffin was at hot yoga this morning in Birmingham. Not a good decision. Um, so was that the issue? Was hot yoga just drained it all out of Lane? Um, you ever Lane been to Kiffin hot yoga, Jake? I actually believe one hundred percent that Lane Kiffin was at hot yoga in Birmingham. <laughs> that's the yeah, um, that's the easiest part to believe of that. That yeah. is the easiest part to believe. You know, when it Lane does a bunch of quirky things, I don't think the hot yoga had anything to do with it. I think they, I think them abandoning the run had a lot to do with it, and not letting Judkins get going. You know, there's a common misconception out there that. Oh, well, Lane just wants to throw the ball around. Josh Heupel just wants to throw the ball around. Lincoln Riley just wants to throw the ball around. They're run-to-pass offenses. Without the run game, what they do doesn't work. I mean, this isn't the air raid with Mike Leach where you use the run as a counterplay, basically. I'm not talking about the actual counterplay uh, run with the the double pulls. But, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lane did hot yoga, drank like, you know, like a like a big glass, like green juice with all these mixes in it, like had like a priest, a rabbi, a shaman, like a every re- religion represented, like just a hedges bets. So, no, I I tell you what, that with Bama, man, I still don't understand. Like at some point, y'all got to tailor this offense, this man, Jalen Milrow. Like you got to stop. You got to stop with this. It's going to it already cost you against Texas. It's going to cost you again if you keep doing this. Uh, you're in a transitory period, so so you can, you know, be a little bit malleable with with the system that you want to run and eventually get where you want to go. But uh, by the way, I've been to hot yoga one time. I've been to hot yoga one time, and also only I went there because the girl I was dating, I was in Colorado, I was out there. I didn't really know what it was, like to be honest with you. I thought, you know, hot yoga was 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 something like just a type of yoga that really had nothing to do with the temperature, but like you'd like do yoga and then run and then do yoga and do run. Like you just got worked up. I didn't realize they cranked the heat to like a hundred degrees and I already couldn't really do yoga that good. So it really just turned into me like just sitting prone, kind of just as the only man in there, just kind of watching what's going on. Like, I can't believe like this is really a thing. And uh, yeah, I've been work. back every week since. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I totally 100% believe Lane was there. Is there any SEC fan base that would be okay with their coach doing hot yoga? Vanderbilt. <laughs> Easy. I'm sitting here in Columbia, South Carolina. I think. Uh, I think. I was say South Carolina for sure. Yeah, you Shane could get away with it. Shane could get away with it. But no, Vanderbilt. Like Clark Lee who I swear is Hank from uh, Barry, like no-ho Hank. You can't convince me he's not. Um, if you haven't seen that, just Google no-ho Hank from Barry. It's Clark Lee. Either that or he's Professor X that learned to walk. Like it's one of the two things. Um, and like doesn't get mutants anymore, obviously, at Vanderbilt because uh, they all go to Georgia now. But 
No, uh, he looks just like Noah Hank from Barry. Oh, my God. It's, oh, it's so funny. Oh, it just absolutely kills me. But, yeah, Vanderbilt for sure, because, like, he'd do it, like, right after study hall and, like, all these other things. What about goat yoga? Look at him. It's him. <laughs> Tell me that is not – I know this is audio only, but it's him. Like, we I'm waiting for them to catch to him in, like, one of these live interviews, and he has that accent. He's like, somebody call Barry. Like, he's like, I mean, uh, oh, AJ Swan really needs to throw the ball better. Brilliant. Oh my gosh! Well, thanks for coming on, Jake. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. this is awesome, man. Blast. You want to tell everybody where they can find you if they don't already know? Yeah, for sure. It's it's really easy. The best way is just to go to YouTube, uh, type in Crane and Company. It's C R A I N and Company. We have fun. We laugh a lot. We are very serious too, though. So it's not you know you can catch my stand up comedy specials on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but. Uh, now come hang out with us. We're live in the morning, uh, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern each weekday. We have a Saturday uh, kind of game day style show. We just had Jeff Foxworthy as a picker, David Pollock. So it's so it's a lot of fun there. We, we've got a long way to go. And uh, we do a Sunday recap, an NFL preview, and we do live calls too. So, uh, yeah, go uh, subscribe over there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you get down. But, uh, no, man, this is a lot of fun. we got to do this again. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, for all time. Well, look, y'all, y'all be good. I got an early morning, so I'm gonna go down here <laughs> and eat, eat what's left yeah. of this dessert. I'm just gonna destroy it. Get you some banana pudding. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. banana bark, actually. The wife really went exotic. It's amazing. So it's like frozen banana with uh, peanut butter and dark chocolate. You put it in the freezer, guys. Jiminy Christmas. You. Yeah, sounds, it's way better than Christmas. Sounds like it. <laughs> Definitely. All right, man. Y'all be good. Thanks, right, you too. Thanks, Thanks Jake. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.